Sunrise, say your goodbyes, off we go. Some conversations, no contemplations, hit the road on the Polarized Pod. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Give you a little Maroon 5 intro. Welcome to the Polarized Pod. Happy to have you. This is going to be such a fun and breezy episode. So everybody, uh, yeah, you know, settle in, you know, kick your feet up. It's going to be nice. Um, this is the Polarized Podcast, where we talk about polarizing movies, polarizing movies in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Uh, sometimes critics love these movies, and sometimes audience hate these movies, and vice versa. Today, we are talking about a movie that audiences love, and that movie is 2005's The Wedding Date, starting, starring Deborah Messing and the hunky hun, Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to get into this episode. Um, oh, and the scores here are 11% rotten for critics and 67% audience, so not terribly love it, but you know, they love it enough. Um, let's get into it. So in order to do that, I would like to intro my co-host and forever guest, Mr. James Lindsay. Yes. James, hello. How are you? I'm great. I, uh, I decided to come back yet again. You can't get rid of me. Uh, I'm so excited to kick my, my feet up, grab mm. a little Bev and talk yeah. about the wedding date. Uh, Cause this one, this one earns it. This is, yeah. You said breezy. I'm very I'm feeling... breezy if you ask me. <laughs> not, not a whole lot going on here. <laughs> oh no, no, that's okay. I mean, that's okay. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, this is a, this is a movie for the for the audiences, and that's and that's mm-hmm. and that's quite all right. And uh, this is a this is a breezy time we're gonna have. I'm, I'm feeling. And uh, how how you doing, Brandini? How you feeling? You just had a Coachella weekend. Yeah, yeah, all of you audience members, you're going to get a very, uh, yeah, slow Brandon on this episode because I am plum tuckered. Uh, yeah, Coachella uh, yes. was great, man. Um, you know, not too hot. The thing is, is it got hot as the week- got hotter as the weekend went on, which is one of those things where you're like, I wish it was the other way around. Um, but what I will say is the first two days weren't that hot, but they were windy and cold at night and Sunday was hot and not windy and cold. So that was nice because getting a respite at the end of the day from very breezy cold weather was welcomed because yeah, I was getting over it. It's a lot of dust kicking up, but overall, man, it was this was number nine Coachella for me. So it's just like, I, once I get there, I just lock in and it's just, uh, I don't know. It's so easy now. I know where things are generally and I get, you know, timing of stuff and I'm just for the most part able to see the things that I want to see because I know how to get there and know how to leave and navigate and all of that stuff. So what's the biggest change you've experienced from year one to year nine of, of Coachella? Well, breaking it up into two weekends, obviously is a huge change. Um, but what would be some other stuff? Oh, just like big things is the addition of other, uh, stages because now you have, you know, Yuma, you have, uh, the Sonara tent. Um, so those things, yeah, are really huge changes because it allows for, uh, different, like 
for them to focus on particular types of music because that's who was like relegated to those new stages with Yuma it's like adult dance music where it's not about you know these poppy drop heavy artists it's more so about like driving house DJs which is more my scene than your you know and this year be like your flumes or your Maddions um, or your Lewis the Child which I'm not really a fan of I like yeah I'm not (laughs) But, uh, you know, and then flip side in the Yuma, what I loved was seeing Purple Disco Machine, uh, Jada G, uh, Logic 1000 was all so sick. Oh, yeah. yeah, You know, um, the Yuma's cool, too, because it's air conditioned, but that also comes with uh, a line to get in. So, yeah, trying to go see like a headliner at the Yuma is pretty difficult because the line can get um, very long. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like for me too, is that I was in the Yuma on Friday for three hours. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm good with this. You know, the driving beat that, you know, obviously there are changes to melodies and whatnot, but there is a little same, same that ends up happening in the Yuma 10 where you're just, you know, yeah, you just get kind of like entranced and sucked into, mm-hmm. Um, into that. And but... chances are when you're going to sleep in the campgrounds, you're going to be falling asleep to that same, same kind of music all oh, night yeah. long. So you'll, you'll be hearing it all night and it'll, it'll be fine. Um, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you had such a great time. I was going to ask your favorites. I guess you kind of listed some right there. Um, I believe you might've, you might've mentioned idols as well. They, they seem like a great, idols, man. an amazing oh. live act. Incredible live act. Yeah. It was such a great time because it is just massive massive amount of energy which was welcomed um it wasn't a large crowd which is unfortunate to them because they fucking rock so but it was great for me as a person who knew about them because i could be really close and it was just so great when watching idols like everybody around me was like this band fucking rocks and would just like kind of take like a mental break to themselves and be like, man, I am loving this. (laughs) And just everybody was on the same page of being. Yeah. So I don't know, feeling like a sense of uh, fortune about getting to see them because they just, um, they bring it so hard and their songs kick ass and yeah, it was great. And then uh, turnstile is the same situation, man. Like uh, really great live performance. Uh, but barely anybody was there, which is again, unfortunate because yeah, I don't know. Like that is really good quality rock music and Mm -hmm. you want to keep having that kind of music there at Coachella. And it's just a bummer when people, you know, will, you know, spend a majority of their time. Um, yeah, like do you, yeah, not seeing those or not taking advantage of those opportunities and like staying in the more like top 40s realm that is there and um, or mainly electronic music like, you know, people can live in the Yuma and the Sahara tent, but it's cool now with the Sahara tent because they bring so many hip hop acts there. So there is like you can't just stay there all day if you're a, you know, big electronic music fan, because yeah, you'll be presented with some, you know, yeah, different type of music, which is, yeah, another big change to, you know, comment on what your question earlier. Um, It's cool to see hip hop acts in the Sahara 10, because I think there are like- Sahara primarily, if anyone's unfamiliar, is like primarily, yeah, just always been the electronic uh, tent. Mm -hmm. Yes. The beep boop bop tent. The beep boop bop tent. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, it was awesome to see Brock Hampton. I also saw oh, Howard cool. Gex was on, was on the Sahara stage, and uh, that was awesome. They played a lot of new stuff, mentioned their new albums in the works, and it was, uh, yeah, it was great. That's amazing, man. I'm, I'm so glad you had a, you had a great time. I think you have nine on your, under your belt. So I guess you got to just finish it off with that, that 10 to at least, at least you got to do 10. At least. Yeah. I was talking to people I went with this year and I will continue to keep going. It's just whether or not, you know, you, I make the transition to paying extra money to stay in the, um, Lake El Dorado, which is like a VIP area that, you know, you're dealing with less people around you. Um, all of the amenities are like in that area. So you don't really have to go outside of that. And then they also provide a lot of other stuff, you know, like, um, yeah, just amenities, you know, it comes with a bunch of that stuff. So making that transition is probably going to be a thing that happens for me because yeah, if I keep going, doing the car camping is, it can be, yeah, it's very draining at a bare minimum. Um, you know, not to say that it's a bad thing, but it is, uh, yeah, it takes a lot out of you to just be in a blazing, you know, in the blazing sun um, until you go into the festival, which for me was usually around like three o'clock every day. It opens up around 1130, 12. Um, but yeah, it's just because of the heat, like going in there was something I just couldn't do. <laughs> yeah. This was like, I'm, I, as much as I would like to see some of these uh, smaller bands, just the idea of like already getting in there to be, you know, pummeled by the sun mm -hmm. was just, I was like, I like, I took a nap. Oh yeah. You know, sa Saturday and Sunday before I went in there, like I would get up, you know, around seven 30, uh, figure out breakfast and then honestly like have a beer or two and then take a nap. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, by like three o'clock I would go in, which then only really gives you like, you know, two and a half, three hours of like, whole sun and you know then it starts coming down and cooling off a bit so you're a coachella uh, pro we get it <laughs> you know the moves i know the moves anybody you know out there listening the, those are the moves man me and you have had some some great memories there we went me and you went the last time there was a coachella in 2019 and me and you did the did the camping together and uh yeah great times that was uh that was a lot of fun and, and we've had other many other coachellas together uh so yeah. it's, it's mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool to hear hear about uh, the most recent one that had an amazing lineup. But I would be remiss if not only did we not get to our, our main event, the movie here, but mm -hmm. we have a lovely guest, yes. if I do say so myself. I'm a little biased here, but she is a lovely guest. A, a return, uh, may I might be able to call her a polar bear. I don't know. I'm speaking for her, but... Uh, she's returning to the Polar Kingdom for I don't know, it was like the third or fourth time here. This is this is a, a real pleasure to have Kara Sayo back on the podcast. Hello, how are you? Uh, this fine Welcome evening, back. we me and her watched uh, the wedding date, and it was a great time. But um, how are you? How's how's it going? Do you have any Coachella mm -hmm. questions? Because we went on a huge <laughs> Coachella rant without you there. <laughs> Well, I feel like I was there. So um, thanks yeah. for the description. And yeah, it really felt like I was there with you, Brandon. <laughs> oh, you were there with me in spirit as well. So. Yes, I was definitely there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, it's glad to have you back on. I'm excited that you're on this uh, episode for this movie because, yeah, I, I feel like... Did you ask to do this movie in particular? 
I think we talked about it at some point and then you and then James mentioned that it was a polarizing movie and I was like, well I guess we have to do it. We had watched and... Wicker Park most of it together for last week's episode and we were mm -hmm. it was nice to have someone else in the room for that one too where we were both kind of exasperated at similar points and we were kind of looking at each other like what is going on here? And then uh, I think after I was kind of browsing other polarizing movies on Rotten Tomatoes that came out around the same time, and this one had uh, popped up. So, yeah, we kind of like were like, oh, that would be a good one to to check out sometime. And we were thinking of one that would be nice after uh, after a busy Coachella weekend. And we have yes. uh, Brandon and I this, this, good. this upcoming weekend have. Uh, a little bachelor party for a friend that's uh, getting married. So we're just like kind of, it's what, Cara, isn't it? It's wedding season, isn't it? It's a wedding mm. season. So that's this is perfect said. timing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Hell we picked, yeah. Yeah, we picked a good one. And uh, you have, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you mind me saying, but you have a, you had a little crush on this Dermot Mulrooney character. <laughs> I you? was going to at one, I at heard one about point. This. Gosh, uh, everyone knows about this crush. <laughs> I heard I mean, about this. You did mention it to me. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to have a really big crush on. Let's let's be honest. It was a really big crush yeah. <laughs> on this Dermot Mulroney uh, from my best friend's wedding. Uh, okay. Yeah. Another wedding. So movie. another wedding movie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean. You know, I was really into him and just thought he was like this, you know, uh, I don't know, the American man. Backstory there, like, I'm totally, Korean. Yeah. I grew up in Korea when I was younger, and uh, we, my mom and I rented this movie when we were living in Korea, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like what a typical American man is like. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I was like, this is like the American man, and yeah. Um, it seemed like a lot then, of the reactions of the people in this movie too. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. And they're like, this is like a really great man. Um, <laughs> but, then, <laughs> um, but then I recently had the pleasure of working with him um, on a film I did last year. I work in the film and TV business and um, word got out that I had a crush on him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he was also told that I thought he was like, the classic American man. So <laughs> he knows all of my dirty laundry. <laughs> I think that's, I think he took it as a huge compliment and I'm sure he, oh, loved, yeah. he loved it. Yeah. He seems yeah. like the type of guy that would love it. And that's yeah, so amazing really that you got sweet. to, you got to meet him and not only that, but, but work with him. And uh, that's amazing. That's, that's so awesome. And that's, yeah. And so you told someone about it and then they went up and approached him about that. Like, yeah, I told the makeup artist about and it. Came, and I'm, then he came back to you and was like, I heard you got a crush on me. No, he never mentioned anything. I guess he oh, okay. knew like throughout the entire production and like never said anything. I was always like trying to play coy and just like keep my distance and not like be too mm -hmm. and girl over him. And, um, you know, on the like last Deborah day, <laughs> I was basically Deborah missing. And on the last day, I like went up to him and I was like, it was such a pleasure working with you. Like you were so great. Um, and he like, you know, kind of gave me that look and he mm -hmm. like, as if he knew, I didn't know at this time yet that he knew that I had a crush on him. And um, he gave me that look 
kind of like that wink look from the wedding oh. date. <laughs> I was going to say that kind of just seems like his go-to. Yeah, he's, he's very definitely smooth like that. Yeah, works that look a lot where he just is yeah. like, I get you. Yeah. And just, yeah, kind of has that energy about him where he's, yeah. yeah. And then he yeah. like, you know, patted my back and gave me a hug. He was like, it was such a pleasure working with you too, Cara. And then after Aww. that, the makeup artist confessed to me that she told him and he was already aware of my crush on him. That's, so, yeah. that moment, that's my least. little story. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I love that. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad you were, you uh, decided to share that too. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you wanted to. I was like so dying, <laughs> dying to tell that story myself, but I didn't, yeah. didn't want to overstep my bounds. I'm really glad he didn't say anything to me. Like, I think it was more special that like he knew and I just didn't know the whole time. Aww. Yeah. That's I he seems like a he seems like a classy guy. You and uh I mean, you got the experience of uh of working with him. That's 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 so amazing. And um I uh it's it's also cool to have someone on this podcast who is in the industry as as you'd like to say and mm -hmm. uh is familiar with this kind of stuff and um, with you on the costumes and everything, was there anything? Um, I don't know. This is this is 2005 wedding attire, but you did watch Wicker Park, which 2004 last week. Was there any any notes on the costumes in either of those movies of or like 2004, 2005 uh, wardrobe and fashion in general that you like kind of um, took note of that like things that you liked or didn't like or things you want to, you would want to see more of. Nothing in particular. I'm just noticing that like trend of the early 2000s is coming back in fashion mm. again. So yeah. like, I don't know if it's because of like social media and, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything, but definitely seeing a lot of similarities in like 2000s fashion coming around again, which mm -hmm. is so funny because I used to think like, wow, this is like horrible. This will never come yeah. back around. And sure. now I'm seeing people wearing some interesting things again yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah I'm, I'm just trying to think in particular like some of the 2005 fashion like the british friend in particular i felt like uh, personified a lot of that mm -hmm. where she would ha just have i don't know if she had any like um like clips in her hair but that kind of stuff mm, yeah. uh, stuck stuff out to on, me like the little neck uh, what do you just like a necktie is that not a tie, but just like a little. They have they have like little wrap things around their necks and like accessories like that as well. And like lots of halter tops, col colored patterns, um, yeah, totally. halter tops, and then like um, lots of like showing of the shoulders and mm. you know um, patterns. Uh, what well, what like what would the, the patterns colors. be? Yeah, pretty bright um, colors. Pretty bright colors like oranges and blues. Mm. Amy and, Adams had um, some interesting patterns on her dresses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of floral, and um, yeah. Yeah, it was just a weird time. But, I mean, it's funny because now that it's out in the public again, I'm just like, oh, that's kind of cute. And I yeah. used to be like, oh, this will never be in style again. Like, And it's everywhere now. Like, you go to every store and you just see, like, 2000s uh, bright colors and funky vibes and stuff. We were talking yeah. a little bit about it during the while we were watching the movie there – use of the color blue not only on her but even in like set design it seemed like they instilled like the blue color even in like certain sets and rooms and then yeah, yeah. they kind of overdid it on that but yeah. I, get it. I get it it was like the main color 
And then mm-hmm. once you mentioned that to me, it was hard not to notice because there were no. just like other like blue things in the background. I'm like, why did why is that blue? Why is that blue? Oh, <laughs> there's a little too much blue here. But she was, I mean, she was wearing blue almost like the whole movie. It felt like. Yeah, blue was her color for sure. Which looks which yeah. looks good on Deborah Messing and, but yeah, it yeah. was just interesting to, to notice that and yeah, to have someone there that's like can that kind of is uh, more tuned into, the costume costuming of things it's it's nice mm-hmm. to look at it in a different way um yeah for sure. so you had seen this movie before Kara? yes um and i really like i remember really liking it back then but i was also like 14 at the time mm-hmm. so, you know right. i was really into like rom-coms and anything with Dolma or Dermot Mulroney. i was like i will watch <laughs> and like <laughs> But yeah, I remember liking it back then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm just trying to think if I had seen this because I Deborah Messing was somebody that I did pay attention to because yeah, I don't know, I find Deborah Messing attractive and she was in a bunch of stuff. She would just crop up here and there and be like, oh yeah, it's you know, uh, it's Grace from Will and Grace. And uh, did you, I didn't really watch that show. Did either one of you? I really liked that show and I liked her in it too. She was really mm. funny. And I actually really liked her in this. Like she was, she had like charisma and kind of enjoyable to watch. I agree. Yeah. And and the, I mean, to comment on the casting in general, I think this was, this movie was really well cast. Yeah, I agree. Especially the, that best friend. I thought she brought a lot of, lot oh to, the, to the movie because he, yeah, you know, and it was interesting too to now see like Amy Adams in a younger movie because, uh, yeah, obviously she's uh, become really just quite such a superstar um, in movies and, and whatnot in Hollywood. And yeah, to just see her as the, uh, yeah, the I don't know what billing you would give her, but yeah, not the main lead. And uh, she, yeah, she's great. She's really great. She's she does a lot with what how little was given to her because there was very little given to her in this movie, and I would kind of say that about a lot of things as well. Um, but yeah, I just she's expressive, um, and yeah, the parts where she needed to be conflicted about stuff, it was it was pretty compelling. Yeah, yeah, her and then yeah, and Dermot. I think the best friend, <clears throat> excuse me, might have been my my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, me she too. Was, I mean, it, was, it got to the point near the end where everything she was doing was goofy and, and maybe a little bit much, but it was funny. Like there was nice, there was like moments of me chuckling and laughing in this movie. And that was nice when it s- could steer into melodrama a bit too much. There was something that would kind of pull it out a bit. That was uh that was nice, and that was usually her, or you know, a little bit of like the dad with being kind of casual about certain things, and maybe <laughs> yeah. too casual about like too some sex, some sexual things <laughs> that would happen in, yeah. under his house. I mean, you know? he was really just, yeah, his, <laughs> yeah. His uh, his daughter is just multiple moments of, uh, yeah. The, the the other guy that's from Pirates of the Caribbean, um, I don't know. Uh-huh. He's, just, he's just talking very openly with the dad dad there. <laughs> <laughs> about, about yeah. sex and stuff and then uh there's the whole boat scene of course as well and he's just it. like yeah ahoy or whatever he's whatever he says what does uh, he what does he say like he sings a song or something while he's like washing the boat 
Yeah, he's, he's just like doing like a little, a little one of those. <laughs> like, it's like not a, even a song. It's just cutting from some other scene. It just cuts to the dad cleaning a boat. And, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, so I, funny, I as we get dad. older, we relate more with the parents. Well, oh, at least for sure. Well, I feel like I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime the dad pops up in, in the movie and just kind of like, yep, I'm I'm on my way. <laughs> I feel like or just or just I feel like I'm relating more and more as. And I think it started to, I don't know, become apparent with like South Park or, you know, when they, and they've kind of been doing it themselves. The episodes have been kind of catering more and more to Randy, but Randy kind of just grow, grew and grew to be like my favorite character and rather than like some of the kids and stuff. And, uh, mm, sure. Yeah, it just, it just blossoms, blossoms from there. Dads can be so, so funny in these things, especially when they can t- take like the, you know, it's that's kind of a stereotypical thing, I guess. Is like when they take the back seat on certain things, and at the very end, they come in with the sage wisdom of like, "Kid, this is what you got to do. Like, let me let me sit you down and and tell you what's up." Uh, but I would, yeah, I would be down to kind of go through some of the some of the beats of, of the movie and and uh, see what there is to to say about it. I was noticing just right off the bat in my notes, the first thing I I had a comment on was this super awesome. Uh, song off off the the beginning here is the leave me breathless Sorry, oh, i love me. that song go on go on what a, you know like that that's that song is was a was a nice little jolt to be like oh this is what time time it is this is what time period mm-hmm. this movie takes place and that was just like okay i i i get it and uh, I, there's a I few like moments like this go, yeah a lot in this movie it yeah. had some really f- fun stuff i mean yeah, Michael Bublé's in this a lot, which is a, just a classic. You know, when it ha- you have in a wedding movie, and he's doing a good yeah. cover. I forget the cover that he does, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you, just a lot of really good songs. Like I started the show off with. I mean, it was <laughs> I was really delighted by that Maroon Five song because it's yeah, it's not like it's not like the single right off of the um, no that album was t- great though. That album, like all of it, just really rocks, and I, yeah, and it was a really tender moment too, and yeah, just a yeah. Songs I, about I, Jane, it's a classic, and uh, there's like one fine day by the Chiffons uh, is playing. It's like a park scene or something like that, maybe when they're playing, it's like football or something. But that was that was a great one, and uh, even in the trailer, I don't even know if it played in the movie, but we watched the trailer. There's Science Seal delivered cover that was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. but it's keeping the energy it's sort of like I don't DJing a wedding or something like that um, it's just keeping that energy unfortunately when the score actually does kick in that's where this yeah. movie like really shows its age and I wish I had I could cite like a composer that exemplifies this type of music so well it's mm. like a Howard like one of the Newman there's like multiple new I found out recently like Randy Newman's like related to like it was a Howard Newman like there's other Newman that makes uh, movie scores and stuff like that. But that was like, I think prevalent relevant around this time, but it's, it reminds me of like father of the bride or or something like that. Mm -hmm. Around that time. And it just was, there were scenes where it was like, I'm confused on how I'm supposed to be feeling. And Mm -hmm. it was a little too whimsical and fun. And uh, during moments of kind of like, drama conflict yeah, yeah. Conflict. i don't know especially at the end at the end not, not to skip ahead but when the uh the guy's chasing after the guy's yeah the guy's chasing after his buddy who he find out find out uh cheated or jeffrey 
Yeah, Jeffrey. got with uh, his fiance. Fuck Jeffrey. Yeah, fuck that guy. But Jeffrey the sucks. music during that whole scene is just like, and he's just running, chasing after them. It's just like, this is kind of. He never of... learned a thing. And he never learned a thing. <laughs> he never learned. <laughs> the of this movie was like. He stopped uh, learning. We got an epilogue. <laughs> we got a fucking epilogue in this movie. <laughs> We got a goddamn epilogue in this fucking movie. I can I could not believe that, and it added fucking nothing. Nothing. It did nothing. All that you found out was that German we, is exactly quit, had quit his job. We're already talking about the epilogue, but it's crazy that happens. Dermot quits his job as a as a prostitute as a hooker escort. male male escort and doesn't say you know what he's going to do now. But he says he takes her out to dinner and he paid. <laughs> And that's when you turn turn right before the credits come up. You're like, oh, honey, that was so funny. Let's go home. <laughs> Let's go home. Thank God. That was that, yeah. Um, well, yeah. That, so the leave me. There's there's some like a good soundtrack underneath the shitty score. I thought. Um, yeah, but the movie kind of gets right right into it. She's like already looking at clippings or the movie. Like there's like the credits are going over with like the newspaper. Uh, was it like at, it's not editorial like the. Like the it was list. a New York Times article, right? Oh no, you're talking about. Oh, I want to talk just, about what you were mentioning. She's going through the classified, 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 yeah. and that w- was weird to me because was that a thing? Could you just do that? Yeah, just like <laughs> offer <laughs> male prostitution, or maybe <laughs> just, just like, like or like escort <laughs> services. I guess maybe like if you need or like if you want someone. I don't know. I'm curious how so it's essentially Craigslist, thing. old school Craigslist, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. She had a bunch circled, right, too, which I thought was weird because it seemed like she for sure just wanted Dermot. So, like, did she call a bunch of other male escorts and was, like, not feeling it? Or She's trying to get, like, so. a quote, you know, compare. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, she, she was, like, checking yeah. some the lower shelf, not to, you know, not to yeah. be mean to the, yeah, the, doing her the research. going in, the, in the, the back of the newspaper, and then she found this article. Yeah, I guess... That's she's just going strictly on newspaper research for her escort services, which I don't. I didn't know news, newspapers offered so much uh, <laughs> material to uh, be able to go down that that path. But I guess how how else are you going to do it? Um, and she finds so she finds him through an article right on the new in the old New York Times magazine. I found in this New York yeah old- huge piece on Dermot. Yeah, just talking about how he's the Yoda of of male escorting and how yeah he has a lot to say about love and then there's the through kind of this like thread that starts where he presents the idea that most women how does it go exactly it's like most women get the love that they want or something like that do you guys remember exactly how what his like thesis was something like that yeah yeah because like he mm-hmm. t- tells Deborah Messing that, or no, Deborah Messing calls him out and says, "Like, do you really believe that women, I, like, I don't know, like, are ha- happy in love or like get into bad relationships because they want to or something like that?" And then he says, "Yeah, because like, if you didn't want to be in a bad relationship, then you wouldn't get in one. You would, you know, think about it in this way or that way. It's like you're bringing." you're getting what you're putting out essentially. And so it's like, you are getting what you want. It's just what you want. Isn't the right thing. 
I don't, yeah. It it's was like, so hard because, like, you know, I, I see the point of that, but it's also just so not black and white. Like, you know, like, oh my yeah, God, you yeah. can't just be like, oh, you are getting what you want. It's like sometimes people don't know what they want or, like, there's just so many gray areas. There was some, like, redundant, like, I don't know, saying, like, phrase phraseology here like in some of these lines and I, I think there was one that he said he's like if you want to be alone you'll end up alone or something like that and then mm -hmm. yeah there's one of the other guys like said about was it amy adams or something or, or i don't know you they were just saying like well she's on a pedestal because i put her there and i was just that just was like a redundant kind of way of saying it. it's like isn't that what the pedestal means is i don't know it's like subjective totally. to you i don't isn't that what it was just a weird way to say that line it's like it kind of goes along with the like you put out you get the love you put out kind of thing. yeah like, i guess yeah mm -hmm. I think it was going along that theme of like i did this to myself mm -hmm. kind of right and like you gotta live right. you gotta live with it like the bed that you made and mm -hmm. i yeah it was it was interesting how quick it got into things in this movie she's already looking for the escrow she's already and I was like a little nervous about that at first. I'm like, well, do we need to know a little bit more about her before we just jump into this? And, um, or is that, is that going to be necessary at all? Uh, but I, I don't know. It just, it just kept with this, this pace where she's, uh, she does it. She gets all of her blue luggage, uh, all of, all of it blue. It's kind of like a tiff. It's almost like a Tiffany's box or something, isn't it? That same mm, yeah. shade of blue. That Japanese color, yeah, mm -hmm. like kind of like a aqua sea foam or yeah, like a sea, like almost like a baby like blue or something. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, she was wearing like a lot of aqua. Yeah, like almost aquamarine mm -hmm. kind of. Yes, oh, sea, sea. And foam. that was like also the color of like two thousands too. Like, That's true. Right, like totally. I was kind of teal sea foam, uh, like a minty green. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she she had her whole set, and then she works at the airline, correct? And she's got her lanyard, yeah. and then she goes behind Still the don't counter, know. and she's pulling some, or like she's she's pulling some strings, or whatever. And then uh, I don't know, she does a little snappy, like get the guy what he wants uh, to spite her boss, sort of thing. I, I don't know, it's kind of just like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess she she works there, and she's gonna go on a flight with her escort and it's just like we're in the movie like we're we're going like this oh my god she's yeah. going she's going straight to the wedding she's got she's got dermot they're getting, getting introduced did they introduce themselves on the plane yes mm -hmm. that's yeah, yeah. so they're already on the plane there like i guess the, you know he she probably got him a ticket or whatever and so just like yep. see you at our seats and they're flying first class virgin which is kind of like of this time too it feels like how much virgin is, new, on, yeah. is on display mm -hmm. i feel like it's just kind of like check out virgin airlines and totally. get let's get them in first seats. first class and she works the airline she's pulling some strings to get those seats or something i, I don't know um be or they because i just like they just want to show off that first class virgin uh yeah and they uh they fly they fly to the wedding in uh in foggy london town and you get to meet the family which uh she's got her stepdad her stepsister and her mother um and then an old they weren't were they they weren't married right were they married her ex no, they were just dating for seven years, I think is right, what okay. they did for a really long time. And yeah, I was really kind of confused at the relationships to be. Were they engaged or no? 
never engaged. I don't, I don't I remember. Know. Yeah. I feel like I, I should know, but yeah. Yeah. But like, cause there's a, a triangle going on between Jeffrey, the ex and Deborah messing. And at first I thought they said something about like, uh, Amy Adams had stole Deborah messing's boyfriend away. And I thought Amy Adams was marrying Jeffrey. And that's why it was such an issue. Cause like, even in the trailer, it was like, your sister wants to know if you're oh. coming and we'll, and all of that. And I thought, because she wouldn't go because her sister stole her, her long-term boyfriend and is now marrying him. And she just doesn't want to be a part of any of that, but then to get there. And then you got the guy from uh, pirates of the Caribbean is her husband. And then Jeffrey's just like weirdly like, just kind of like circling around everything. That's, that's uh, that's Edward is, is pirates guy. That's Edward's best friends, Jeffrey. So yeah, there's this whole, like, yeah, they're best friends. And she was like nervous to go because she knew he was going to be there. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Okay. I was also but, confused. Like it took me a while to like piece that together. And, mm -hmm. and why they hate each other so much isn't made clear until later. And not fully. It's the the what Timmy Tim Tom, Tony P Pants story at, that they talk about, where and they don't even know why he's called P Pants. And, oh, that sucks! I was so pissed about that whole bit where they just that leave it and we're like, so we deflating. Yeah, it was just like, was like what? Uh, okay. We're in a movie right now. Right <laughs> at the fucking end of the joke. It felt you like know, yeah, just like this is a family inside story that you're not gonna be a part of or whatever. It's like oh okay. I feel like that set the tone for the whole vibe of the movie. It was just like we're just gonna cruise. If things happen, things happen. If things don't happen, things don't happen. Yeah, but they like wow. they like really <laughs> they that was the that was the crux of their hatred for each other was was that thing. So that was that was all we had to go on that was given to us later. But Amy Adams plays that, I don't know, she just plays the role so well of just like ah, the fake nice kind of uh, thing mm -hmm. that she's doing that's very like, I don't know, disingenuous, but also like you can, she plays it so well where it's like, it's very high energy and committed to social niceties but you can see like behind her eyes like how i don't know just kind of how fake it is and i and i just think that's such a deft uh actor like she's she's just so so wonderful to be in that to have that range she has an amazing range she's absolutely crazy. yeah i agree because i mean it the problem is though is it doesn't really get anywhere to Kara's point that's like the mm. you know this movie has a real issue with that is that it has no follow through like it, it presents like mm -hmm. things that we're familiar with in situations that we get and just assumes that we're just going to like you get this right like this is you know we're oh yeah like, you know, we, we, we know how this goes like we don't need to explore really anything we just need to progress this plot along mm -hmm. and um yeah but no again to amy adams credit like she obviously has a lot going on because i mean the start of her relationship you know is not yeah it's weird it, and then jeffrey being there is weird and all of that yeah is um would be conflicting would be stressful and all of yeah so but to your point i mean overall the the movie is very much like oh i can kind of guess where this is going to go even the biggest turn of uh amy adams the sister you know 
cheating with with uh, with Jeffrey and, and all that is like not even I mean, you expect something to be happening around that that third act and something to be to be going wrong and you can kind of get the cues that she's not the best person to her to her sister um so yeah i mean that would be my fault with the movie as well as some of that some of that stereotypical sort of sort of stuff but um that being said there the way that it's paced out and everything was like i like i said i was nervous at the beginning of not knowing much about uh deborah messing and Sure. Things were revealed as time went on, and like in a way, like you know, the the thing with her sister, which was kind of undercutting it with the pee pants part. But you find mm-hmm. that out eventually, and you know, you get to know, like you're on a journey of self discovery when you're going back to kind of your your parents' place, and you know, romantic movies where the, that take place like that. Car and I were kind of talking about earlier. It's like it's it can be kind of fun and exciting to see a little bit of that fish out of the out of water sort of situation for um, someone's just just in a general sense of a romantic movie of like someone's date going out of town to meet the parents and all that stuff and someone sure. and then someone going back to their parents' place is like a, a, a that whole journey is like that coupling together is a lot of opportunity for uh, character development and there were moments that I was, I was concerned that I wasn't going to get some satisfying character development and it happened in a good, good, pretty solid pacing, uh, that I was, you know, walking, walked away with was, yeah, like just generally, generally like satisfied. There's some like silly stuff. There's some stuff that's like, do we need like go through the motions sort of, sort of situation as well. Um, which, you look at the poster of this movie, I don't know, you can kind of almost guess that's what it's going to be. And it kind of is just like from what you see in the poster, what you see in the trailer, like, oh, I think I know what that movie's going to be. It's pretty much that. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, it's pretty much what it like, is. It almost has like indie vibes. Like not saying, I'm not trying to give it like credit or anything, but like kind of has like indie vibes where like nothing really happens in the movie, but you're just like experiencing this person's like day or a couple of days like what goes down in these past in these couple of days and like nothing like super dramatic happens either like everyone's reactions to things are pretty like tame um I mean I was telling James like I felt like Deborah Messing and Dermot were both pretty like monotone like when while they were talking like nothing really big or dramatic happens no it was just very much like know like even when she finds out about her sister sleeping with her ex-boyfriend like she doesn't say anything for like a really long time she mm-hmm. just like reacts facially but like doesn't explode doesn't crack doesn't like i mean I guess she runs away but like nothing big happens really all of that right. is resolved so quickly i mean yeah. especially i mean with between uh cat is deborah messing and Nick is Dermot. Cat and Nick, it's, it's resolved relatively quickly. But as far as uh, Edward and Amy Adams' character's name is Amy, Edward and Amy, his his only convincing needed is you get to have makeup sex because he's never had that before because they've never had a fight. So it's just right. like there's just like some really deep seated issues possibly in their relationship that they've never addressed because mm-hmm. they just pass over it because there's no way you don't have a fight that's unhealthy if you're not fighting you guys disagree on some shit if you've been together long enough but mm-hmm. uh, 
and especially if she's cheating on him. I mean, if that's <laughs> it, if she's doing that and what else is wrong. But whatever, he's just like, I get to have makeup sex. Okay, it's all good now. Mo- movie over. Um, that that kind of stuff is like, you know, I you could you could totally think in one way. I'm sure many critics did was like, I feel cheated by this movie because it just wrapped up so fucking quickly and it just wanted to have a happy ending. Um, but also, yeah, it's it's it was something that set me at ease in in a way of like, oh, it's okay. This will this will be a, a fun time and it. For for the most part was and uh, yeah like as far as getting getting there and meeting everybody, um, I just have to say the introduction of Dermot Mulroney to all the women was such a big fucking deal. Like, and oh it was, my god, it yeah. was so so weird to have. I, I don't know just how intense it was of just like every single woman in every every room he was in was just like. Oh my God! Who is that? Oh fuck! Oh, I'm so wet right now. It's like Jesus. There's... It was it was intense. It was it was in, oh my God, it was yeah. intense, and, and it didn't matter if I don't know. Like it, there at that bar that they were at, there was just women there. I don't. Did he like accidentally show up at the bachelorette party or what? Where were? That, that's what happened. He oh. showed up at like, the what? bachelorette party. I'm an idiot. And, uh... <laughs> And uh, this is why I we mean, need Carr because that's what happens in movies. I'm like, Carr, what's going on? He's like, You fucking idiot. He's the bachelor. He showed up to the bachelorette party because she forgot her purse. So it's that scene right. of like him walking and then like Amy Adams like looks down. It looks like she's looking at like his ding dong, but like, has, oh, she like... was. Because there's a cock in the hen house if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was holding her purse or like her clutch or whatever that she forgot mm-hmm. it must have been like near that area no. no did i am i just making this up she was looking at that ding dong <laughs> it's either that or the twinkie hey oh it's the ding dong in the clutch <laughs> <laughs> is that what you keep in your clutch <laughs> <laughs> gotta have my emergency ding dong <laughs> just one single ding dong, <laughs> yeah. a little tiny, little tiny clip. Just like, mm. God, I would love that commercial, or like a Klondike, yeah. Klondike bar or something. God, Brandon, take note. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I hope you're writing those down. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, but the, my favorite reaction is her friend, and this might be later from from that scene. But he gives her a wink, and then she just says, "I think I've just come." <laughs> that was something I would. And then I immediately <laughs> fell in love with her. <laughs> That's a joke I would say. Yeah. <laughs> it cracked me up so much. I was, I was, I was like, like, man, this, was best, like, this friend is awesome. She's just like, <laughs> you hook her up with Brandon. <laughs> no, <laughs> please. She was. Oh, it was so. Was just, yeah, she was so. Funny. I think I just came. <laughs> tie me up or tie me down mr tie me up or tie me down she was just like spitting all these like funny just really funny things and she immediately like good time yeah it just brought like some effortless sort of fun to the movie when everyone is a little like you you have deborah messing who's uncomfortable amy adams yeah. who's fake nice and you know edward who's who's getting ready for his wedding jeffrey's cheating like dermot's just like zen 
And then you get her or the best friends just like, I don't fucking care. Let's have a good yeah. time. And everyone's just like, got all these different, and it's good. I mean, that's good. Everyone has, yeah, every yeah. character has a, has a thing going on, going on. But for her, she's just like, I just want to go to a wedding and have a good time. And that's nice to have that person too. Cause that's plenty of people at a wedding. as well. just like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, uh, Oh, I was just looking at looking at some lines, and she's like, "You have two kind gynecologists," and she like, yeah, says she like pit, pits them against each other or something like that. <laughs> 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 um, hunk, hunky dunky is what Amy the right is. You said that at the beginning, right? Amy Adams hunky calls. Dun. Yeah, hunky uh, she hun. says hunky dunky. I think at one point too. Uh, okay. Yeah, like like uh, when she's at the at the bar and like first meets him. So everybody, even Amy Adams, whose wedding is, is it, it is, is calling him hunky dunky. Oh so yeah. Every, everyone just is, is all of them. I'd love it. If someone called me that. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm a hunky dunky. <laughs> Please. There, Please. there was, there was some, some interesting nomenclature in this movie. I mean, my favorite part uh, of that was the who's more British off between uh, Jeffrey and Edward where they just start, mm. there's a scene between them. It's like when they're playing cricket or some shit like that. No, it's at the bachelor party. I think it's at the bachelor party and they're just like shooting the shit. And like, it just devolves into the scene from gold member where Austin powers is talking to Michael Caine, his dad, and they need mm-hmm. subtitles for all the English, uh, like things they're saying. I right. I know I I wish I pulled the clip of it of it before this because I, I would... one from the bachelor party, or like they're drinking and he's like telling the story about. Um, I couldn't even sisters. tell what the story was about because yeah. were... no I couldn't either. But he You're was like, telling oh you bought the scape in the blinker and then you, yeah. and then you Porsche you you stink it all and it's like <laughs> and then they just start muddling their words at the end. I'm like what. It just got progressively more and more uh, unintelligible for for this yank over here, uh, but I tried I tried my best. Um, so was this like a British movie or like like or it just took place there? I was curious about that because I mean I don't want to like generalize, but I also feel like um, some British stuff I've seen t- tends to be more tame versus like American movies. Where it, like really is like just very nothing super dramatic happens. Like I feel like Americans like to make everything like more intense than it actually is. Mm, right. Yeah, I don't know. A little, like a little bit maybe more dry. I could just... Yeah. Yeah. For like sure. you know, like British reality TV versus American reality TV. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's always a little bit different. Like kitchen, the uh, kitchen nightmares is my favorite um, example of that. Of the uh, yeah, there's just so vastly different between kitchen. Uh, kitchen nightmares but i am ex- also extremely curious and i don't know if this contributes to it the end of this movie after the bat shit epilogue that is unnecessary before the credits come up there's like did you have this brandon where it was like this weird car title card of like a production company with all these interesting words that it just didn't it didn't go straight to directed by it went to like all these pro- produced post-production and these, I don't remember that. It was such a such a strange, and I don't know if I don't maybe maybe that has nothing to do with it, but it just it seemed like it was a a different type of production than maybe possibly a typical Hollywood movie. I, I, I could be just bullshitting here, Cara, but I was trying to trying to figure out a po- possibility as to why. 
Um, Here, I have to be real quick. Okay. Uh, do you want to keep on rolling, Kara? Or do you want to take a sure, break? Um, um, doesn't matter. Okay. We'll keep on rolling here. Um, I just, I was kind of looking up, like, wanted to look into the production company. And I just realized it's adapted from a book called Asking for Trouble. Yeah, by, so by Elizabeth Young. Okay. I didn't know that. I'm seeing it here, too. Um, but that, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like a real, like kind of, it's not complete like gender bending pretty woman, but it is kind of like a tighter compact version of that yeah. with, instead of, yeah. Um, Julia Roberts, you, you got, you got big hunky dunky over here, Dermot. Mm-hmm. But it makes more sense now. Like now that I know that it was adapted from a book, like, I don't know. It just makes more sense that why these things would happen. <laughs> yeah, it also, but I also feel like it would be somehow more filled out. This, this it really is like such a clean cut screenplay. I, I feel like, and or script, whatever. That it just, it seems like a book would have a little bit more color or things going around it. Maybe they just didn't include everything. Um, but it's yeah, it seems like a very easy, like easy to read paperback that I could picture, uh, yeah. Just just snagging and 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 knocking out on like a at the pool or something like that. Sounds like or like yeah, you're going on, I mean, you're like going a, to see a going to a wedding or something like that. Like an easy read, an airplane read, or like you know, just uh, trying to say they like lost my train of thought but yeah like i just it makes more sense now that i realized it came from a book because um i lost my train of thought never mind (laughs) (laughs) i think no i think that is that is interesting um i it seems like a story that you could tell again and even in, in like a different way or add different things but the base core of it is like a fun idea like this is a fun idea for like romantic movie if you're into those those kind of things of just like oh these two two characters are in this weird situation and they're gonna fall in love and you get to see it happen you kind of can guess where it's gonna go um i was wondering if she was gonna fall in love with the bartender or something but that's not that's not what happened it seemed like very like a character development too like not Mm. saying that there was a lot of development but just like you know i mean like nothing really happens in the movie but these characters go through these things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. that's why it makes sense that it was like novel. Or like yeah, you're but... reading about what these characters are experiencing, what they're maybe thinking in their head. Like, I see. Versus like what's actually happening. But they're like within a wedding, like I just picture so much like of a movie being like, okay, you get to have, there's so many things that are rife for a story of like, oh, and maybe this is true for the book as well. It's like, oh, you get to have, the bachelor party scene, you get to have the bachelorette party scene, you get to have the reception, you get to have all, um, flying in and, and, and staying the night at your parents' place. It's just like, it seems like as I'm describing it, it's like all these things almost write themselves, you know, and it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's probably like the novel is probably a lot of like what Deborah Messing's character is experiencing, sure, like yeah. her inner monologue. Like she's like, Oh my Absolutely. God, I'm about to get this guy. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him before. I'm about to look up. 
board this plane. Like it's a lot of probably that inner monologue stuff. I don't know. I've never read the book, so it could be completely. No, different. totally. I would. I was going to say the exact same thing because yeah. that's that's what a book would do. Is you'd get so much more interior to how Deborah Messing's yeah. doing, and there's so little of that. You know, mm -hmm. the character development that happens, which is really light, um, is just her reacting to certain situations, and you yeah. don't really get a good sense because she doesn't talk to enough people. Like there isn't. Yeah, I don't know. She doesn't work things out really with her mother. There isn't a enough time, I think, with her dad. You know, there is some Amy Adams stuff, but it just, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really get into the weeds on any of that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're just trying to make a, you know, a fun, light movie. And they did that. But yeah, it just ends up leaving me feeling like I want more. <laughs> that is how I felt after this. And that's why I was kind of like insult to injury with the stuff at the end of it, with the, you know, explaining what the characters are doing, because... That seems like it's, that's from a book as well. That why they would have an epilogue for sure. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just glancing at the reviews on Goodreads, it looks like some people here are saying that uh, it's pretty different from the book. Oh. Okay. Um, oh, interesting. Someone said, "I I read the book because I love the movie so much, but realized very qu fairly quickly that they could easily be two different." Two very different books with how loosely the movie is based around the novel. I recommend reading it just for the giggles. That's from Paula. Hmm. Oh, that's like interesting. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, it's cool to hear that the book is funny because this movie could have used a lot more funny stuff. I think, you know, we. Yeah, I'm just thinking of um, like Wedding Crashers or. Um, God, a bunch of wedding movies where there's so many kooky characters. The main characters like have these interactions with them that are just like silly and can be off the wall. But it's that's like family. You know, you have all this extended family that shows up to the to a wedding. And so you're seeing them and you can have these little interactions that can be really silly. And they're just yeah, I don't know. This movie was light on that. Is how I felt about it. Well, speaking of wedding, uh -huh. wedding crashers, I thought it was interesting. Like Will Ferrell's character in Wedding Crashers, you find out in that movie that he has moved on from crashing weddings to crashing funerals. And then mm -hmm. you find out in this movie that Dermot Mulroney has never done a wedding before, but he has done funerals. Yeah. Which he, would be an interesting movie as well. An interesting sequel to if Dermot Mulroney was content to continue his profession or a prequel of uh, a prequel, if you will. Yeah. Or just all the different things a male escort might have to, might have to do. I don't know that that's a different movie entirely, but uh, yeah, prequel cool with like Timothy Chalamet and he's uh, Dermot Mulroney's <laughs> character, but he's doing funerals instead. But I, I wonder if, idea. yeah, I wonder if, if this is in the book or not or whatever. Just like a little bit, yeah, meat, meat on the bones of who Deborah Messing is or who Dermot is or or both, you know, kind of leading into the wedding. And then, mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe a little bit at, at the fallout. But this was, yeah, this was meant to be breezy and, and a good time and really just focused on going to the wedding and experiencing everything at the wedding. It seemed like she meets, she meets him on the plane, they get there and everything takes place in like a very insulated sort of place where these characters are kind of almost showing up as a stage play, like in and out, because uh, they're all so close together and that, yeah, I think that's a wedding is... Yeah, like I said, just rife for that kind of interaction and character development when everyone's already close together and, and um, going going through these things. 
there's a lot of there's some a lot of uh oh another another song that's in this movie is the I'm all out of love, right? I'm so lost yep. with mm-hmm. the air supply. Because air supply, because yeah. uh, she liked air supply when she was younger, and she had the poster. Uh, I was just looking at, yeah, looking at some of my n- notes here and uh, going through whatever um, else of of the plot. I mean, it's it's uh, there's like oh, well, there's the cricket, there's the cricket scene, there's uh, you know, just all the uh, the stuff leading leading up to everything of of uh Deborah Messing and Dermot Mulroney just getting to know each other and and falling in in love in a way that you're like I know this was kind of my I was a little confused that maybe we can talk about this just to kind of add more focus I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all over the place here in my mind but some focus was uh so that so they they make love after the bachelor bachelorette party that Deborah Messing goes to on the way back in the limo, she pulls over at an ATM to withdraw a bunch of banknotes, as mm-hmm. uh, as you might say, some banknotes. Um, and they're all like cheering her on, like "Woo, get those banknotes!" Woo! And I was like confused, like, "Oh, I, I guess like this is." I, at first, I was like, "Maybe they're going to a I don't know. They're going yeah, go to go get like some mail, mail, yeah, mail strip yeah. club, or like gonna they're going to get their own." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or there, or she, yeah, and then I was like, oh, maybe she's gonna go, she's gonna get the money to pay Dermot to have sex with him. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But they were seemed like they were cheering for him. That was confusing. Anyways, uh, that was also the location where her friend was being dropped off. So she gets out, and then they go back, and then she makes the moves on Dermot, leads him into the boat for a sexy time. Mm-hmm. And this is Cara brought this up, and I thought it was so funny. She's like the. He just cleaned that boat. <laughs> Dad just cleaned it, and they're gonna make it all messy again. <laughs> right? That was so funny. You brought that up. It's like, Kids so always ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> no that consideration. Crack, that was cracking up because they had a scene of him cleaning that boat, and then uh, yeah, they they get it on, and there's some Maroon Five like a song. Like I, I'm pretty familiar with songs about Jane, but I guess it's been long enough that I was like, oh, I kind of forget about this this one. Um, but very tender and loving and um, not doesn't seem like something I don't know if 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 he does that he's a pro for his for his customers and he already comes across as like a shrink uh, which is his role that he's playing as as well they wake mm-hmm. up uh, father says ahoy mateys or whatever the fuck he says uh, in a very nonplussed blase sort of way um, and then this is okay long-winded but this is the thing that was a little confusing to me at, at first was like he she plays it off like oh what happened last night even though like she fully knows what right. ha- what happened last night he acts funny when she says that like hmm that's weird because yeah you were you seemed lucid enough at least to remember like he, she gave a strip tease and everything we we were there we saw it and uh not that you can't do that blacked out i digress uh and then he's he is con- he's like confused perturbed he pulls the covers back he sees the money and he's like well what's this for this is this was to have sex with me last night um so clearly you did know absolutely uh right. what was going on last night because you purposely went to an atm got this money and so he is he is mad about that he's mad at, that's i just wanted to clear up in my own mind and maybe just here as well as like he's mad about her 
pretending not to know that they had sex that night? Or is he also mad that she got the money? That's what I was confused. Like, is he mad that she even thought to pay him? And he was like, I thought what we had was special. And it, cause I was like, isn't that your job, dude? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't that just be normal? Like, Oh, if you want to pay me and then shouldn't that just be I'm like, no, you're not going to pay because this is special. And said, he was like, I, well, yes, this isn't even enough anyways. So I, I don't know. I think I was confused of like, so he's just, he's too, just yeah. purely upset about her. Not, not saying I don't know, whatever. I think it was no, a mixture yeah. of all of that. And yeah. I personally was confused and got it wrong. Cause I thought she was like genuinely asking him like, so like, what was, what did we do last night? Like, mm-hmm. was, is this a thing? Like, you know, I thought that's oh, what she what was asking happened? at her. Yeah. yeah. Like, are we something now like kind of thing so <laughs> i was this? just so lost when all of this happened but sorry brandon what were you gonna say about no no yeah that? i completely agree with both of you yeah i was confused yeah. as well because like she obviously had the forethought and he called her out on it like you had the forethought to go get the cash so you wanted to and so why is it, yeah, why are you acting like you don't know what's happening why are you acting like you want to forget about it and instead of just having the conversation because that would also make the movie more interesting as opposed to they just have this Mm -hmm. weird like not saying anything yeah then we move on to the next scene which is like really kind of what happens with a lot of this movie is that it yeah like that confrontation makes sense that it happened but then there's no meat to it there's no getting into it about like and yeah also to Dermot Mulroney falling in love with Deborah Messing was like really I had a problem with because I just didn't get why he was like because you know he's a professional like this isn't the first time that uh, right it's the first time that he's gone to a wedding sure but it's like it's not the first time that he's been an escort to a woman so like Mm -hmm why what is really special about deborah messing because mm-hmm. we haven't really been presented with anything that mm-hmm. would give you like a sense that wow this chick is really different and i'm really into like how she treats x y and z person or how she approaches x y and z situation like because it's all like so much leading up to that is her being awkward not really understanding like how to be in a relationship you know just by and large but like with him in particular and Mm -hmm. yeah i just it to me it was like are they trying to say that because deborah messing was hurt he feels bad for her is like it's kind of what i was getting and that was just such a weird angle to take on that of is it just because he feels sorry for her? Like, you know, I there wasn't maybe anything. Like, maybe he got close to the family. Like, he's never been to a wedding. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe he, like, bonded with the family, kind of saw her, you know, um, there's home no, life. I, I mean, I, it, I understand. There's not much there's in the movie s- to express, like, you were, like yeah. you were saying, Brandon, that, like, what is different about the situation for him? Of all the other things mm-hmm. that he's been on, because... He's been so cool as a cucumber this whole fucking movie. Like, what's, is he, how is he really being affected here? Like, he seems to be the one who's calling the shots and, like, wagging his ding-dong in her face of, like, you want this? Oh, you're going to have to pay for it. And when she finally, like, succumbs to his advances in that way, he's like, no, we have something different. It's like, 
There has been no like transition of like, man, I think I'm falling for this girl because he has no one to talk to about his truth, which is that he's not a shrink. He's he's an escort and he just talks to her about it. So I don't know, just someone that he could have revealed his truth to that he could have had a back and forth with or something that knew his secret or something. Uh, I don't don't know. That could have been that could have been helpful, at least to get a little view into what he was that transition of him falling in love. That's that's it it was the sex. Yeah, was that, was, that mind that was blowing? And he it was happened like, that night. Okay, yeah. this is this is the girl for me. Uh, which, by the way, that can't three, be true. Three hundred. <laughs> no, it was that. It was that three hundred dollar blowjob, guys. That's what it was. That's what okay, it was. Yeah. Okay. He, he would have charged her three hundred dollars to go down on him. Was that what that was? Yeah, did you catch yeah, that? Yeah, I, I know we. we yeah. struggled. Oh, you didn't catch that? Too. He's like, oh, you're you're sure it's like it's more than that, and she's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. By the way, it would have been three hundred dollars for uh, what what happened last night, and it's like this. How how is it expressed? It's like it's the switcheroo of like you think he went down on her, but it's actually no. Like it's for her him or her going down on him. He charges three hundred dollars for women to give him a blowjob. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I well, I guess I didn't cue in on the blowjob aspect, but I was like, I understood that the three hundred dollars was for something extra. I don't know. Maybe yeah, yeah, so like it for could be anal. Them, I don't know for some, something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like for them to do something to him. Um, but again, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was. So we just have to read the book. No. Yeah, I hope I hope that's in the in the book or that uh, prequel. Uh, with Chalamet that you're talking about that Brandon's going to green, green light. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was like the, that was their fallout. Um, and then there's the other added thing of the net, the next big dramatic moment is him walking in on Amy Adams, uh, with, um, dumb fuck McGee in the wine cellar. Uh, and Dermot catches that. Um, and chooses not to say anything to Deborah Messing. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going too far ahead. Am I right? This is no, this no, is not about at all. Like the next, yeah. the next big thing, at least. And um, yeah, I thought that was. I don't know. I thought how he handled that was was pretty fair. Like her, her friends and family not telling her is pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. especially for however many years, two years or something they said it had gone by since they had broken up or something or like that had, it had been going on for two years within their relationships or something like that. Uh, right. And they're, I don't know, they're already hate each other and that's going on. I don't know. Amy Adams character is a real, a real piece of work. Um, but she, so, and then uh, I forget exactly how Deborah Messing finds out, uh, but she she does, and she get she gets upset, and then Dermot immediately approaches her, and like she looks at everyone, realizes everyone has known, except for her, and then um, oh, that's right, and this was kind of a mo- I remember how this is a moment I actually thought was nice how they paced out and revealed this information was Jeffrey. Uh, like makes uh like they have a conversation Deborah Messing and Jeffrey. And then you, I was worried that it was going to be like there. She, Deborah Messing is going to be like, oh, I actually love you, and I don't like Dermot, and I want to get back together with, like, yeah. And sure. I was worried that it was going to go in that direction, but no, 
she shuts him down and then he comes back with i've been i was cheating on you with your sister and he admits to his own wrong and and the blame goes more on him like mm-hmm. way more on his fault and his wrongdoing and that's where the focus originally arises in the action of the of the movie so that is dealt with and then she walks out of the room sees her friends and family pissed at them moves on to Dermot, gets a big old hug from him which looks like oh wow that that seems nice i'd like a big Dermot. Mm-hmm. Dermot, is that how he hugged you uh cara no oh <laughs> like two big wine <laughs> bottles just coming around give you a big bear hug no. um more of but a the, pat. A little pat. That's that's still that's nice. Okay. I uh, think he was trying to keep his distance because COVID and stuff. <laughs> must yeah, it must have been the COVID. It's um, definitely the COVID. And then she finds out that he knows is too knows too, and then she storms off in a storm of some kind because her hair gets wet later when she confronts Amy Adams. I'm just rolling through this. They have their uh back and forth unless you guys want to have anything to say about any of the, anything I'm saying please jump in um, but her and her sister have their thing and I like how Deborah Messing kind of put her in her place and I thought she she had a great performance in that scene and things always just seem more dramatic when your hair is wet so that, mm-hmm. that helps um, <laughs> but that was that wasn't a, a good scene between them two and um, yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, things wrap up quick, and you get out the door with a big smile on your face for this last part, because things just, like, get better, like we said, with, you know, they get, uh, it's like Commodore or something fucking from Pirates of the Caribbean, John Norrington or some shit, like, some name like yeah. that. Uh-huh. He mm-hmm. he gets to have his, his makeup sex, Harry, or Jeffrey fucks off, rightfully so. <laughs> um, he just drives off into the horizon, never to be, oh, he never learns anything, does he, Kara? No. Nope. Never learns anything. Never learns anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then Dermot, oh, Jeffrey. Dermot gets with uh, Deborah Messing. He becomes the new best man. He, this dude is so charming. He rolls up and becomes the best man at the wedding. Hey, that's pretty yeah. awesome. That's that pretty great. Awesome. I wish I could fucking. I'm a family that. therapist. <laughs> he might. I. I really wanted the epilogue at least to be like. And he became a shrink. Just give me that. Just fucking, right. if you're going to have a fucking epilogue, have some continuance instead of like, mm, yeah, you can assume. Can't do you can that. Assume it took years to like go to school for that. He would have been like, He what? went to Brown for whatever literature or something. I forget. <laughs> comparative comparative literature. Me too. Yeah. So he could, I don't know. He could probably figure out. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, but was that all bullshit? Oh, that was real. He went to Brown? Okay. Yeah, and he, like, I mean, he could have been, like, you know, a writer, like, wrote, like, eating yeah. advice for the New York Times or something. Oh, yeah. That would have oh, been great. I should have written this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got to write his op-ed about being a male yeah. escort. That'll turn into a yeah. novel, and then he'll, yeah, man, he'll just hit the circuit. We like uh, Sex in the City, but with Dermot. <laughs> oh, my God. Did, yeah, was he ever in like, that show? Huh. I don't think so. Oh, I'd no, love to no. see him interact with, with the girls. Yeah, me the girls. too. The ladies. I th- he has a very similar energy to Mr. Big. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I was, I was actually thinking time. that as we were watching that. Yeah, very like, similar. Just 
older like he's got kind of this age and wisdom to it yeah. just kind of confident like yeah the, he, everything just really kind of just pushes off of him but that's the thing, like, him and mr big they don't do anything right. so like women just project <laughs> this like idea of them mm-hmm. onto them because they literally don't do anything they just stand there and just like they don't even talk they don't even like well can we yeah. talk about dermot's uh thing where he like it shows an example like she's like show me show me what you do or like what is she telling him to do and then he like corners her against the car yes and then uh, the like yes. mm-hmm. finally something steamy ish and right. yeah and then he like he's like i'm not gonna he touches her he's like i'm i'm not gonna kiss you i'm not gonna kiss, I'm you. Not gonna kiss mm-hmm. you and he just gets very close and just says her like these wonderful words of affirmation to her mm-hmm. and everything like you would want to hear, but in a very like intimate, sultry, sexy kind of way. And he's doing kind of sexy body language sort of things, but he's not, he's like, I'm not touching you. I'm not. T-. He I'm also like, said like, thing. you're safe. You're safe. Which yeah, I mean, honestly right, right. is like the right awesome. thing to say. Yeah, totally. I yeah. Mean, that Before was a he good does moment. that, he says that. <laughs> and it still comes across as like kind of intense. And she's like unsure, and so am I in that moment. But then after, but she after she's like, she does, yeah. she does. She's like, show me, show me. And then at the end, she's like, now I understand why you get paid so well, or how, mm-hmm. whatever she says. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was, that was. I was trying to think if I would enjoy that. Do you think you would enjoy that kind of treatment, Cara? Or if that is that too personal? I, think I would. I mean, I guess if I was like, show me, show me, show me, yeah. like I wouldn't want someone to do that. If we're just talking, and then I don't know what, like pull that out. Like if I was Some like, prove, club. It, prove it to me, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I do appreciate him being like, he, him mentioning like, you're safe. Like I'm mm-hmm. not gonna touch you. I'm I, not gonna kiss you. Like totally. you know, like mm-hmm. that doesn't really happen in rom coms back then. I feel like was nice to hear no sean yeah, it, sean connery it, in our james bond movies would just yeah go right like, in i, yeah. I am going to kiss you yeah well not let her know at all <laughs> just do it. oh yeah he wouldn't say that he wouldn't say that <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't say shit but yeah I, I yeah i felt that uh the whole him telling her that she's safe um and then that it's that whole thing of like you know, typically a guy would just be so over eager and go into it, but he is such a professional that he is going to meet her so close, but not fully go all the way because of the restraint that he has. And that's really a turn on for her. And I, I understood that. And um, yeah, I don't, the <laughs> it just is buttoned with that line that she has, which is it's fine. It's fun. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's OK. <laughs> um, well, great. I, I'm uh I'm down to move move on if if you guys are are feeling good about it. Yeah, well, then let me just go pee one more time. And then yeah, I'm go for to... it. While you do that, I'm going to read through some of my notes, some of the other things that I might have um, forgot to to mention. There were people making out on the plane, like macking out on the plane at the beginning, um, in the background of one shot, and I was confused as to why. I never went back to them, but they were like making out hard, uh, which I thought was was interesting. Um, a line that Dermot says is, if you look people in the eye, you'll never know what they're wearing. Um, I like that. Maybe you can relate with this, Cara, and I'm just looking at this. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, like Amy, or sorry, not Amy Adams. Uh, Deborah Messing's character, there's a 
moment at the beginning where he is on her case about saying sorry all the time. And I feel like I can, I can relate with that too. Where, and, and she starts saying sorry for saying sorry in, in this whole cycle. And he's just so sure of himself and she's just trying to get a, get a hold of things. And I don't know. Yeah. The best way to do that is just be apologetic. Cause it, you feel like it puts other people's mind at ease of like, Oh, well if I'm, if I absolve my ego and I and of whatever I, I feel bad about, I'll feel better, they'll feel better, this will be a better situation, but when it's not needed, sometimes it can be a little bit much. <laughs> I guess for some people, I don't know, maybe- Yeah, you know I mean, that. I can definitely relate with that, especially when you're like trying not to say sorry and you say sorry and then you're like, I'm so sorry for saying sorry when I was trying not to say sorry. And I don't know, like, I understand you shouldn't like the message is like don't be sorry for things you don't need to be sorry about but like mm -hmm. maybe for someone who says sorry a lot it's like like it puts me at ease when i say it so like mm -hmm. why should it affect you like maybe it's annoying to you but it puts myself at ease you know i, I just a little uh perspective on like how the person who's saying sorry feels because mm -hmm always are like you don't need to say sorry stop saying sorry and I, I understand how annoying that can be but saying sorry can also put the person at person that's saying sorry at ease mm -hmm. so maybe being a little bit more empathetic towards that mm -hmm. I yeah, stretch, I, not that but... it's no no I, I I get it and from that side and thinking from the other side it's it's almost like not that it's his job necessarily but that he's like attempting to try to empower her to not feel sorry yeah. for herself and to feel totally, but you know, not that he can do that for her, but just to assure her that he's not upset and that you don't, you have nothing to be, to be sorry about. Uh, but he does it in such a cool, serious sort of way that he, you're just kind of like, Oh, I don't, sorry for saying, yeah. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, he's so cute. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see is if there's any other, any other notes I, I, uh, I got here. Oh, Harry, whatever his face has a dumb polka dot tie. It was really, really stupid looking, um, I, that I hated, uh, how do you know so much about so much? I'm a hooker. A hooker. <laughs> that was a stupid fucking joke. That was like. That, I know, they wanted it to be funny, but it didn't make any sense of like why he would say I'm a hooker in like the joke sense of the word, like why he would laugh at, at that moment of, of like I'm a hooker. It's just like, oh, why would you say that? If he said something like, oh, I'm a scientist. If he had like was pretending to be a scientist or something. <laughs> like, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a just anti, said he's a anti joke. Anti joke? Anti joke where it's he's like just saying the truth. Telling the truth. Mm -hmm. well, maybe that's like the dry humor ish. Yeah, and Harry's. I mean, I didn't think it was funny, but. Oh no! It was the other guy. Like, it was the fiance. Do you like me some anti jokes? <laughs> yeah, fuck jokes. I'm anti joke. <laughs> um, do, 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 yeah, that's, I think that's. Oh, there's this one part where he comes in. I think it's. I think it's after they make love. Yeah, because he comes in with this tray. That has I let me see if, see if I can list it oh off. It has. My gosh, has, this was the best part of the whole movie. He's like, I don't know what you want. I got you. Those like stale crackers, some water, like water, coffee, a Bloody Mary, and a breakfast sandwich, oh all on this tray after like a <laughs> night of drinking and and 
tantric lovemaking on a boat or some shit. Uh, who knows? Uh, she gets that tray. I'm like, I fell in love with Dermot right in that, right in that moment. I'm like, oh my I'm god, like, give, yeah, me, give me that tray like, every morning. That is the man of my dreams. And there's <laughs> some bloody marys every morning. There's some more bloodies later on. They're just showing these little bloody drinks on on the table. I was like, ooh, give me one of those. Uh, the mom is like, oh, she, I feel like she always has a drink in her hand. And there's this one scene where she has a bloody, and she's talking with Deborah Messing, and then Harry shows up this is right before he tell he spills the beans to her and he's like can i talk to your daughter for a moment she looks at him and she's like you've already wasted seven years of her lives why don't you waste a few minutes more why why would i give a shit and yeah. he's like okay <laughs> like, takes Wait, so and then she like drinks the, keeps drinking the bloody i'm like fuck fucking <laughs> took him the mom's outrageous in this movie though she is mean to everybody and then oh my god and it was funny too because if you think about how we described the dad in that it's such a like what is the dad scene in the mother because he seems like he's just really easygoing go lucky like what is yeah i don't know what is why why is it's she so bad? he married he married in but then Deborah Messing described him as, oh, well, I like my stepfather, but he's more of like a prisoner than some an attendee of the family or like part of the family. He's like a he's like a prisoner of the family or something is how she described mm. it at the beginning of the movie, which I, I don't know, it didn't make sense. <laughs> I was like, no, I mean, it makes sense. Like, OK, to the mother, got a crazy way that you you know, acting the way that she does is because like he's a pushover then. So he is a prisoner. Mm. Like the mother is just going to walk all over this uh, guy, but she really doesn't. And he's also like really confident and calm and collected. He's, you know, doing his own thing here and there. Like, yeah, he's not leading anything, but he doesn't seem like he is. Yeah. Really put into a corner by anybody. No. And just left there. So yeah, couldn't really. Did the well. mom did the mom know about her um, Amy Adams and her ex? Oh, friend? like that's what was weird. Is like I can't remember if she knew about it or not. For I don't to be remember. Like, seven years. I don't remember like a moment between them two in that fallout. So I it was just the friend so. that knew, right? And I then feel, I feel like mom would put things in order possibly but who, who yeah. knows especially if the wedding's about to take place and i don't know that, mm. that'd be pretty upsetting um let's see if we got it anything else there was she was saying something about the price that it would take to take to pay him to have sex with her was like how much you would put down on a ford focus i thought mm. that was like a funny little it was a very specific ford focus um the yeah the 300 was what you did to me it was just a loose reference i think to a blowjob um but the he says this one line that i thought was just great in any romantic comedy uh was when they they have like he has like expression of love for her is he says i'd miss you even if we have, if we never met i'm not sure if it makes sense but it's it, it, but it's like kind of sweet i think it's kind of sweet of like yeah this like longing for your true soulmate of like i would you're like my soulmate and i would Miss Kara's not convinced. You don't like that line? I mean, I like it, but it just wasn't fitting for the movie. I know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Do you think it could work somewhere else, though? Do you think the that movie? line, or do you think that line could ever work in in anything else? I'd miss you even if we never met. 
Or does that sound like I'm 14 and this is super deep? Well, I feel like I'm 14, so. Um, <laughs> there's something romantic. Um, I don't know. I just, there's something yeah, romantic no, I, about it. I like it. I just don't feel like it was fitting for their relationship or the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt so out of place. Like, it felt so deep. And they never had, like, this deep connection. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and he was totally. never that like vulnerable ever until that yeah. moment. Yeah, he was never like so talked about things that way. Out of place for the movie. I don't like hate the line. It's just it was weird for the movie. It's like something Ryan Gosling would write to Rachel McAdams in the Notebook or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or like a Romeo and Juliet type deal where there's such a like the their love means everything, you know, and it just has mm. struck in them to the core where it's like, you know, I wish I knew you earlier sentiment and um, hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's pretty much uh, all I got. The dad does reveal to her that he, he, he knew about the, yeah, this little magazine named New York times. I read this article and he knew about uh, Dermot and he's like, you should, you should, you should get with him and stay with him. And, uh, and you know, Dermot asks for permission to, date his daughter and he's like i thought you already were um and then uh, you find out how woody got his nickname thank god we found out that in the epilogue um i'm gonna move on and then you were like who's tj <laughs> oh and that's the friend is tj that's the friend's name yeah, yeah. TJ. yep i'm not good with names horatio says Chris Parnell. It feels good to do every once in a while. Anyone else want to do one? Maya Rudolph. Ooh, good one. Who would you choose as your SNL cast member, Kara? Bowen Yang. Hey, <laughs> nice. Current cast. I love it. Yep. Got to yeah. keep it fresh. Got to keep Relevant. it fresh. All right. So we'll move. We'll start with uh, critics ratings here. Uh, 11% rotten to the core from the critics. Um, uh, New York Post, zero from Lou Lumenic. A witless... Say what? New York Times. Nah, we'll see see if we got New York Times here as a negative review. What did New York Times give it? I do not have that in front of me, so we're going to stick with this little thing called New York Post. Um, that'd be nice in this episode where they actually mentioned New York Times. Oh, they do have it. Oh, here we go. All right, I'll start with New York Times. Ooh. Anita Gates, 40. Struggles from beginning to end to capture the charm and ebu... I don't know this word. I'm too dumb. And ebulience, ebulience of four weddings. I'm going to look this word up. Let's all learn a word today. We're going to learn a word from New York Times. Ebulience... Um, ebullience like a mixture I'm gonna sound it out you guys are gonna hear this ebullience on the podcast but not you guys ebullience ebullience the quality of being cheerful and full of energy Mm. thanks New York Times Uh, okay I'm gonna read that again struggles from beginning to end to capture the charm and (laughs) ebullience of four weddings (laughs) (laughs) It <laughs> seems like a word that Nick Weiger would use. Um, <laughs> the new movie's effort is mostly unsuccessful, but there are bright spots. Um, 
we will move on to the Los Angeles Times. Karina Chicano winds up an oddly depressing lost little movie that eventually caves in on itself. <laughs> oh, God. <It's> so brutal. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> it's just, uh, just a, a brutal takedown. Um, Boston Globe, 25 by Wesley Morris. Messing should know this is precisely the kind of movie Grace would ridicule Will for dragging her to see. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Yeah, speaking to all the Will and Grace fans out there. Um, do, 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 what else we got here? We can go with uh, Variety from Justin Chang. An intriguingly, an intriguingly racy premise plays out to listless, unsatisfying effects. Um, what's that? Racy premise? Racy as, yeah, as in like kind of scandalous with like a... Pro, not sport. like not like racist or anything, but just like no, no, it didn't feel, but it just didn't feel like scandalous. But I, yeah, sure. yeah, totally. No, maybe for ju- maybe not. for Justin Chang, he's he's yeah. a little more chast um, mm-hmm. and had a hard time. He's like, pretty woman, no, spank you, uh, and this was hard for him, I guess. Uh, Entertainment Weekly, Lisa Schwartzbaum. So many body parts from other engineered romantic comedies have been crudely harvested and stitched together in the making of this weird robotic lark that Maid of Honor of Frankenstein might be more useful a nickname. Jeez. Now you're getting creative. I like when they get creative with it. It's like, man, you should write a movie, Schwartzbaum. You got, you're very creative in your writing. Um, Yeah. I think I'm good on critics. I think I'm going to move on to audience uh, part of things. I'm going to move to Amazon where it has a 4.8 out of 5 with 7,000 ratings. 86% of those ratings are five stars. People fucking love this movie uh, as far as the audience goes. Um, So I will start with the most popular audience review here on Amazon. Um, it's a little long, but I think it gets the point across of what people peer review as uh, people reviewing reviews out for out there, folks. That's that's what we've come to. Um, it's from Lisa, Liza Jane, titled "Rollicking and Surprisingly Amusing Fantasy." All right, I'm a dedicated reader and escaper into all things romantic comedy, but I have avoided this movie, thinking it couldn't be enjoyable because of the premise. I can happily say I was wrong. In this fantasy, a beautiful young woman, Messing, hires an Ivy League-educated male escort to pretend to be her date for her sister's wedding. In its amusing tone and rollicking mood... Is that her second time she used rollicking? Did she use... Oh, no, rollicking was in the title. In its amusing tone and rollicking mood, it reminds me just a little bit of Four Weddings and a Funeral. The cousin is hilariously inappropriate, easily my favorite character. The air supply joke is just too funny. When, after he spots an old poster of the 80s group, Air Supply, in the closet of her childhood bedroom, he aptly breaks out into their most famous song, All Out of Love, while he's taking a shower. Who hasn't done that? Suddenly had a song (laughs) stuck in their head after talking about a singer. But in this case, it's also gentle teasing. (laughs) If you like... Gentle teasing. Gentle teasing. If you like lighthearted romantic comedies that offer a brilliant mix of Hollywood and British actors or movies that make good use of beautiful English settings, then you cannot fail to like this one. However, this is no Jane Austen. For example, the language occasionally veers towards choice words, although it never becomes explicit. 
and I wasn't sure we needed to see so much of Dermot's well-defined, less than 9% body fat physique. All in all, this one gets five stars for its beauty, for turning what could have been a distasteful theme into something amusing, for making me laugh out loud in parts, and most of all, for surprising me. Wow. She feeling it. She's feeling it. a diehard fan. Yeah, big fan. Uh, we'll move on to Mary B., titled Light Airy, Fantasy, Light Airy Fantasy Love Story, A Perfect Escape from Reality. This movie is as described above. Families with grown children, all, invived, all involved are bright, beautiful, and have no money problems whatsoever. <laughs> Remember, I use the words fantasy and perfect escape from reality. <laughs> It's just a it's just a it's just a fun movie. This storyline is plausible, the various hidden facts that come out little by little, not really out of the range of possibility, etc. Deborah Messing is so young, slender, and absolutely beautiful, as is Amy Adams. So curl up in your favorite chair or relax on your couch or your love seat, watch the movie, and for a little while get carried off into another world. I did, and it's possible I might watch it again when I need to need to watch a movie that will make me smile. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, we'll do like a couple more here, maybe like two more. From John H. Pendley, five stars for Deborah Messing is what it's titled. The merits of this film have long since been reviewed by others. This is about the delicious Deborah Messing. Ooh, yeah. um, as an actor, not a beautiful redhead. Did Army Hammer write this review? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yum yum. <laughs> yum yummy. <laughs> God, we just watched a little death on the Nile, man. I was just ugh, I was it's hard not to just instill the whole movie with commentary about Army Hammer cannibal jokes, but uh mm-hmm. I couldn't resist. Uh anyways. Uh, John H. Penley goes on to say, She is fine playing the gorgeous single girl, but she's also unsure of herself and decisive as the occasion requires. She's frantic, hurt, angry, and klutzy. Yes, Messing is unafraid to be awkward and foolish looking. This is talent, but maybe more importantly, it's bravery. And it's very funny. Except for Sarah Parrish as the wacky cousin TJ. It's hard to take one's eyes off Messing. There's just no telling what she'll do next. Okay, this guy needs to. DJ was pretty pants. great. Yeah, yeah. So did awesome. I miss that? Did did the comments say that TJ was annoying or? I was a little lost on what oh, she, oh. what he felt because he was just back and forth of like it, there would be a sense about the movie, and then a sense about 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 how much he's in love with Deborah Messing, and then another sense about the movie, and then back to Deborah Messing, and how mm-hmm. and how uh, he loves her so much. Um. Well, in the sense it says, except for Sarah Parrish as the wacky cousin TJ, it's hard to take one's eyes off messing. So it's even, if anything, more, he's talking about looks of TJ, possibly. I don't know. I'm going to do one more from the audience side of things. Um, I'll go to Jamie Towell, a titled romantic comedy you can actually sit through. I bought this movie because it was said to be a great movie. I was skeptical, since I always am, especially when it involves me spending money. 
But against all odds, I found a romantic comedy that made me laugh, but still kept the romance. A lot of romantic comedies are too much comedy or way too much romance. It was not cheesy, it wasn't stupid, it was good. There was good plot, there was a good plot, and it was very accurate. Yes, they end up together, go figure, but the point is, it's different. It's fun and playful, and the relationships in the movie are more than accurate. There are many, there are so many complicated relationships in life, and this shows a good amount of them. This movie also plays on family and connects with people who feel isolated and alone. People who know their love, love, people who know their family loves them, but for some reason they just can't get along. It shows an actual story that's not based on sex or way too focused on the romance. It's a lighthearted, funny, and original movie that has amused me and that I still watch. I would recommend this movie, movie for anyone who is looking for a funny movie with a good splash of music and a good soundtrack, I might add. You can never go wrong with Michael Buble. <laughs> Agreed. I, I see where he was coming from with that. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, uh, yeah, there wasn't too much comedy and there wasn't too much romance. It was very neutral. Mm-hmm. And that's true. The sense of it being realistic, kind of understand that too, because, like, well, don't always react over the top and they didn't react over the top and like mm-hmm. no i don't know yeah i kind of mm-hmm. i kind of understand what he meant by that like i i love this and I, maybe you can appreciate this too car is like being the mediator of the two sides of things of the critics and audiences and the majority of time brandon and i have found you've been on this podcast too we found out that we usually lie somewhere in the middle um, mm. there's other times where I'll go above and beyond, well, we'll, we'll go above and beyond either audience and critics and be like, no, we really love this. Or we'll be like, no, it's worse than either side says <laughs> sometimes too. Mm. But the majority of the time, yeah, I, I feel like we're, we're kind of in the middle and I, I feel like you can, I don't know, maybe you can relate with that. I was like, oh, well they're both kind of right. Or like you can find essences of both of these reviews where like they're all touching on some truth of what the movie is mm-hmm. and parsing that and finding out what you feel about it has helped me uh, find ways to quantify my feelings and criticisms a little bit more, uh, you know, and, and figure out how I feel about things in a more concrete way. Um, but that being said, this is the point of the podcast where we go on to final countdown reviews thoughts whatever you want to call them whatever you want to do uh cara i Mm -hmm. lob the polarized tennis ball to you would you care to serve first second or third go first hell yeah (laughs) Um, should I give the rating or my final thought for final thought? Or... Oh yeah, however you want to do it. Just uh, include your whatever you else you want to say about uh, the film, and then your uh, numerical score. Yep, out of hundred. Out of a hundred. So, like I said, I've seen this movie before, um, and I liked it back when I was fourteen. I'm assuming that's how old I was when I first watched it. Um, I was really into rom- rom-coms and, you know, just love that whole world. Um, rewatching it as an adult today, um, truthfully, I don't feel like I really got much out of it. Um, I was thinking I was going to enjoy it more. Um, but, yeah, 
I don't really have much to say about this movie because there's not too much to say about this movie. We've said a lot. Um, I mean, we've been yeah, we have talking said a lot, a lot already. But yeah. when I think about it as a whole, there's nothing I really can take away from this. And I, I don't mean to be harsh about it, but like, I wouldn't even... I don't even think I would like watch it again or even think about it again. Um, it was fun to rewatch it now have working with Kermit. So that was interesting. But um, yeah, I'm kind of going between like 30 or 40%. Um, I think I'm going to land in the middle with 35%. Okay. Because, yeah, I don't really any takeaways from this <laughs> no absolutely mm-hmm. i'm down to go next james go for that's it. okay all you yeah because yeah i just want to build off of what cara said like it's so funny too because like i i knew that this movie would be great for this recording because yeah i was going to be really tired and i was excited to just like kind of more listen and uh yeah just revel in the easy breeziness of it because it's fine for a movie to not get into super heady or super heavy concepts it doesn't need to be overly artistic it can just be a fun entertaining thing and that you know that's a movie can totally be that um but it (laughs) It's funny how it was almost too boring or had too little going on where then I was, you know, watching it. I feel the same way. Um, It's hard to think about recommending this or watching it again because there's obviously so many movies like this that are better. And that's pretty apparent. You know, you could get way more out of more movies than this one in the wedding genre or, you know, rom-com date thing. And, um... Yeah, it's not to say that the performances were that bad. It's really just the writing of it, the way this movie was edited and what was just ultimately the plot and, uh, you know, what was going on. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say that I'm going to give this a 41% is where I'm going to leave the wedding date. All right, well, that leaves leaves it to your forever guest, as Mm -hmm. some like to call me. Um, this, ah, this, this one is, is, I have My a very, like, <laughs> hey, hey now, hey now, uh, yeah, we'll be going to a wedding, wedding soon, and, uh, if you want me, uh, to do any of the things that Dormant has done in this, in this movie, I can, uh, I can attempt to be as hunky-dunky as, as possible, but no promises, because I know you've already met Dermot, he's giving you a hug. I can never, I can never live up to uh, a guy who's a male escort and a shrink. Come on, he's accomplished. I want you to pay me six thousand dollars. <laughs> I want you to that pay me three hundred for something that you. Were doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was uh, this was one where like. I uh, this is hard because I feel like we just came out of Wicker Park where I had a very bad time and I was like looking forward to something that was I we've said the word many times breezy and uh I wouldn't have to work too hard to meet the movie in the middle and Wicker Park you have to this is a movie if no one no one's seen that movie I'm sorry I just this is the last movie we did on our podcast and that one you had to work a lot to get not much out of. And that was very frustrating. And this one, 
you could be half awake and fucking get it. And... <laughs> well, actually, not really, because there was a lot of stuff we missed, even when we were fully paying attention. Yeah, the broad strokes, I'm but, saying, yeah. I mean, they yeah, like the wedding date. The movie's called The Wedding Date. He's a male escort who's been asked to go as a date on this, and you would enjoy it close to as much as I, w- I enjoyed it, knowing more than, than that person who just knows that one thing about it um and this is yeah this is not a movie to like sit down and really focus and and spend all your energy and time towards it's a good like uh thing to kind of throw on and and laugh at a bit and enjoy the uh romantic side of things if you're wanting to feel that but in a way yeah it's like i i think now i'm like kind of uh honing in on that review a little bit more of like, yeah, it doesn't get too romantic between Dermot and Deborah Messing because when he does say that very um, uh, romantic line at the end, it doesn't feel fully earned. And then the comedy when it does come almost seems out of, out of place in some Mm -hmm. moments or just more needed than what was actually given because it's really all attributed to TJ who does a great job, but then she also is just the comic relief. Like she is just doing goofy stuff the whole movie. In every scene, she's finding something silly to be doing. Even like the salsa scene where she, she doesn't get a partner and goes to a salsa dancing class and doesn't get to, and she's just off in the background <laughs> dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I don't know. This movie to me like wasn't necessarily bad. Like it wasn't like bad, and it was like sure. it's not great or anything either. But I was finding myself like laughing at the points that they wanted to laugh, make me laugh, I, I guess, and uh, being willing to at least go on, go along for the ride. So I'll give it like better than half. I think it deserves better than fifty for uh, for me. So I'll do, I'll do fifty-two. Nice. I'll do a fifty-two. I think I enjoyed it enough for it to like at least be upwards of of half for me. At least a, a little bit. It'll go like a notch. <laughs> this, this is funny because I think this is like a notch above Armageddon. I think Armageddon was 51. I'm trying to make a list of one. So this is like, okay, this will be 50 then. I think Armageddon's a little better than this. <laughs> 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 no, if, it's, see, the, if you like, if we were to list all of our ratings from past movies, I would rearrange so much in my head in relation to everything else. Mm-hmm. But this is just another thing that's taught me to just like, don't think about it. Just say a number. But I always like to compare things in my mind because that helps me. And they're like, oh, what is this in relation to that? And then sure. once I look back on it, I'm like, oh, I don't actually feel that way. But I just, I just got to move on and not think about it too much. It's, it's fun, fun to do the, do the practice of it all. Because even Wicker Park, I'm like, man, I should have just given that one even lower because it was, it was a, I, I was frustrated with that one, and I need to stop talking about it. We are going to start wrapping it up. Wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up. Put a red podcast. Um, this is where we're gonna reveal our next movie. We're gonna reveal yeah. our next movie. On a Friday, we're our next movie. On a Friday, we're gonna do. Oh, uh, Brandon, do you want to do it? Do you want to reveal the movie, or shall I? I got to. I got for this. you after after that. Okay. The next movie on the podcast. The next movie on the podcast. It is uh, I, another wedding themed movie. It is the eponymous, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, 
this is listed as an LGBTQ plus uh, comedy. It is rated 14% from the critics. It is rated 69% from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it like that. You got it. You got us. Um, we're getting into the Sandman uh, yet again. I think our last one was Hotel Transylvania. Is that the only? Yep. Yeah, that's our only, mm-hmm. that's Sand, the only one. Sandman venture. Uh, it will be interesting. Um, if you have not heard of this movie, I will do a brief synopsis before we wrap it up. Chuck Levine, Adam Sandler, and Larry Valentine, Larry Valentine, Larry Valentine, Kevin James, are firefighters and true blue buddies. When Larry, a widower, learns he cannot name his children as beneficiaries on his life insurance policy, he needs a big favor from Chuck. Sign on as Larry's domestic partner. The pals unexpectedly become front-page news and must carry on the masquerade to extremes when an overzealous bureaucrat becomes suspicious of their true relationship. All right. Alexander Payne was one of the writers of this movie? My God. That's surprising. Um, Well, that's going to be our movie for next week. Um... Cara, is there anything you'd like to share with uh, our podcast crew of polar bears in the hmm. polarized kingdom? Any messages um, that you'd like to send out into the world? Um, it's yeah, Age of Taurus now, isn't it? It's Age of Taurus. Um, hmm. I also want to let everyone know that if you want love, you can have love. If you love yourself, you will find love. Is that what they say in the movie? I, I feel like I butchered that. <laughs> that's a that's a message that I'm I'm signing on for. Whatever, if whether it was from the mm-hmm. movie or not, I'm I sign on for that and I endorse. This message is approved by the Polarized Podcast. Great, and I will miss you all. Like I've never. I'm really horrible with movie lines, so I'm gonna <laughs> stop. <laughs> We appreciate you coming on, Cara. Yeah, we so appreciate. Yeah, please come back yeah. anytime. Please, it's always always a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed yourself. You're not uh, sick of us yet. Um, <laughs> it's 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 so much fun uh, to get a third perspective here. Um, Absolutely. Or yeah, because maybe there's some other people that are listening that are sick of us, so maybe they want a little <laughs> little fresh breath of fresh air. That's what you are, and I and I appreciate it so Absolutely. much. Um, Maybe next time I'll be a bit for a better movie. Uh, <laughs> don't come back next week. I can't promise you it'll be <laughs> it'll be any better than this one um, for for Chuck and Larry. But for uh, Brandon, is there anything you uh, you'd like to share before I wrap us up here? No, I'm good to go. Again, thank you, Kara. Yeah, this yeah, no, nothing to plug for me. Fuck yeah. Uh, I will plug the Polarized Podcast. If you've heard of it, it's pretty cool. You can uh, check it out where you're listening to right now. Um, you can reach us, <laughs> Polarized Pod. Uh, it's at Polarized Pod on twitch.tv.com. We stream all of these live if you want to join in on the fun uh, as we're doing it. Uh, Polarized Pod, at Polarized Pod on Twitter as well. Um, mm-hmm. polarize the pod at gmail.com if you'd like to send anything else to us like uh, movie ideas or requests or criticisms or uh, 
your own kind of endorsements that you'd like to share with us. <laughs> um, that um, yeah, if you can send a message of love to that email, I mean, yeah. that'd, that'd be great. We love we we love that. We love love here. Um, mm-hmm. To you all, we love you, and I bid you a good good night. And we will see you next time for Chuck and Larry. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, Kara. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>